0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss optimizing your e-commerce business. Joining us is Ross Andrew Paquette, who is the chairman and CEO of Maripost, which is a SaaS organization focused on a single solution, but with separate products for marketing, automation, e-commerce, retail point of service, and help desks, marketing, commerce, retail, and service clouds to be more specific. Yesterday, Ross and I talked about optimizing in a changing economy. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about unifying e-commerce and retail data. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Ross Andrew Paquette, the chairman and CEO of Maripost. Ross, welcome back to the MarTech podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me again.
1: Excited to have you back on the show and to continue our conversation where yesterday we talked about how to deal with a changing economy. You have to understand what your leading indicators are to make sure that you have your pulse on what's happening. You have to have a sound platform to operate on, whether it is point solutions or a platform like Maripost to be able to understand your data. And then you have to have an idea of what marketing channels you should rely on, but also keep some powder in the chamber. Talk to me a little bit about that last part there. You know, how do you figure out what to do as the marketing channels are changing How do you think about allocating your budget and making sure you have enough reserve to figure out where to focus and when to shoot?
2: I mean, what we were talking about yesterday in regards to the lack of innovation or the lack of any kind of new channel from a customer acquisition or revenue growth perspective, and that we're really just making the same channels that we have today more efficient. And I do believe that the most successful companies are at least thinking about what is coming next, even if we're not too sure what those next channels are going to be or what shifts we're going to see with the platforms that are available to us today. Kind of as you mentioned, where is TikTok heading next? Where is Instagram heading next? Where are the meta platforms heading next? I do think those are still going to be very prominent, but a strong e-commerce and retailer really has to be thinking about there's going to be something new sooner than later. There just kind of has to be at this point.
1: There's going to be something new eventually. It seems like generative AI is helping us become more efficient in content production, but the underlying places where consumers are converting seems to be the same. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. It seems like what is old is new again. We're optimizing similar marketing channels, if not the same one to drive e-commerce. Most of it has been focused on social media advertising. We're seeing influencers, and that leads us into things like YouTube and podcasts and all sorts of other fun content channels that have popped up, but primarily the same thing in terms of the e-commerce owner's eyes. What seems to have changed is we were really focused on traditional retail up until the last 20 years or so, and all of a sudden we had this huge explosion in e-commerce, and then all of the retail stuff went away for like two years in COVID, and and now I'm not sure whether e-commerce is the primary focus, whether retail is coming back. Where do we stand with this rebalancing of feet in stores as opposed to eyes on screens?
2: One of the stronger data points that's come out in the last 6 to 12 months has been the resurgence of retail, which is pretty obvious. Right? I mean, people have been, as you said, in, especially in North America, stuck in their homes, not able to effectively appreciate what they did previously in terms of the retail channel. Maripos being both retail and e-commerce, we do see a significant resurgence, obviously, after COVID, but certainly even continual from now and, and a decrease percentage-wise on the e-commerce channel. I mean, what we're seeing in a lot of cases is not people going and opening up you know, four, five, 10 plus locations by any means, unless they're a relative larger scale operation. But we are certainly seeing the one to two store retailer pop up from what was their core e-commerce business and naturally vice versa, right? You know, if you weren't digital within 30 to 60 days when COVID came around, you don't have a business anymore. So you're definitely seeing that revenue increase if you're looking at it from a e-commerce to multi-store view. But now when we're looking at it, we're definitely seeing that surprisingly come back from a retail perspective.
1: Which creates all sorts of complexity, again, for marketers. For a minute there, it was really easy for us. Everything was e-commerce. Everything is trackable. I know if I put money into a channel, I can see it on my website, hopefully track. Let's talk a little bit about unifying your e-commerce and retail data. Seems like that's always the holy grail for these omni-channel e-commerce store owners. I've had this conversation a few times. How has it changed over the last few years of, great, I am marketing for people to buy my product and hopefully driving them to a website, but they might show up at my store. How do I track efficiency?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the atypical ways of customer profiles and credit card data in terms of that being attached to said profile when you're purchasing have become very prominent. Ameripost does this as well, mind you but certainly able to marry both sides of that profile. So that's obviously the number one key component. I mean, outside of that, you're looking at the different sort of retail buying tools that are coming out. I'll give you a good example. We have a partner in some technology that Maripos has developed where the customer goes in with their phone, takes a scan of the product they want to buy, charges it automatically to their credit card, grabs a bag and leaves the store. Very much like automated checkout from a grocery perspective. This will take over from a retail aspect. So when you think about that transaction profile, no different than what I said earlier, right? All of that is going back to the profile they have. If they don't have one, which is still a very obvious piece because not everybody is working on the retail side of things as well. Not everybody has the option to do that. Do that meaning store both profiles of data, retail, online and offline within one single system. That becomes a major challenge. And so it's still somewhat of the same. There's only a few true online and offline platforms, right? There's obviously a whole laundry list of, let's call them legacy point of sale solutions, right, which of course have database somewhere in the cloud, some still aren't. There's a whole slew of, of course, e-commerce solutions. But the only ones that really do it well are the two or three that I can count on my hand that actually have that profile stored. So no matter where Ross checks out or where Ben checks out, it's tying back to that profile. And a lot of the underlying data, and you see this again with the payment providers, especially Meripost has Meropay as its app, Shop has Shop app, right? Then you've got Google Pay and all this kind of stuff. They are tying the data together, of course, in the back end because you're subscribing to utilize their checkout tool. And again, there's not that many of those. So I think as we get back to this whole conversation around efficiency and being able to be prepared for their next stage of growth, I guess you could say it's really important for them to invest in those efficient tools that provide both sides. A special
1: thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. You know, I live in the Bay Area suburbs of San Francisco, and I want to point out that we are innovative here in San Francisco, where that whole checkout with actually having to go through the checkout process, we've been famous for actually being on the cutting edge there because people are walking into Walgreens and just taking stuff and walking out of the store and not paying for it. And unfortunately, there's no technology behind that. They're just actually stealing less than $800 worth of goods and the police don't chase after them cutting edge here in the suburbs of San Francisco. As much as I kid around about people ripping off Walgreens, it seems like there are forward looking solutions, kind of the Amazon Go competitors where you walk into a store, you have a digital interaction and you get to walk out with your physical goods and that helps you connect all of your marketing activities. I know that there's a company called, I think it's AI are they're, they're also located here in the Bay Area. That's a competitor. Are more brands integrating this checkout list process? Apple does it in their store with the Apple app. Who's leading the charge here in that sort of technology?
2: Of course, from a back end technology perspective, I can only speak to Maripos for the most part, but there's a difference. Like you mentioned, Amazon Go, that's a perfect example, right? But that is way more advanced. Going into Walgreens and running out with a bunch of stuff is a little bit different than going into Lululemon. So I think the capabilities that will be provided to the average retailer, will be more in line of what you said, right? You're using the app or one app at least to utilize across most of your retailers to go in, scan whether it's a QR code or barcode or what have you, and that's adding it to the cart. And then when you leave, it just charges your credit card, which is obviously also on the app. It's not using facial recognition and weight of the grocery bag that you might be carrying and all this stuff that Amazon Go is doing such a great job with, which I do think is gonna be valuable, especially in the cases that you're describing where theft is a much larger issue.
1: Let's actually talk about that because in unifying your e-commerce and retail data, if you're going without a checkout process, it seems like that breakage, that theft is something that becomes a little bit, let's call it less frictionless. It's going to be easier for people to just grab something and run out of the store. That's what I never understood about this sort of checkoutless checkout is how do you make sure you're actually billing people for the stuff they're walking out with?
2: This is the difference between the Walgreens of the world and let's say the Lululemon, right? So Ross wants to grab a $70, 80 outdoor shirt. Maybe he's got a tag that's attached. And this is what a lot of our customers are doing. So it's not frictionless, but you're avoiding the checkout. So as in, I go up with my five, six items. They've all been purchased, you know what I mean? Through, again, the app, I can now remove the tag so I walk out the door. And of course, I can still do that, but I'd be running out the door. So a little bit of a different approach that is being taken. But I do think the retailers are also factoring in that theft or that theft percentage or that dollar amount too. And Amazon had a whole report that came out when they were, you know, and they've been reviewing all the data from Go around, okay, well, theft did go up a little bit, but our cost savings by having this automated self-checkout process was down to 200% in terms of our cost base.
1: All right. So maybe there's some cost efficiencies when it comes to letting people rip off the store, but not every brand is going to integrate these sort of advanced technologies that allow you to walk in and sort of conduct your own purchase. So what are some of the other ways that non-bleeding edge technology companies are unifying their e-commerce and retail data to maximize their marketing efforts?
2: For obvious reasons, this goes back to what we were talking about yesterday around that efficiency of data, right? So if I talk to any 50, 100 million, I realize that's maybe a bit of a larger scale here, but 100 million revenue mid-market e-commerce and retailer, they're going to talk to me about uh, they have a data warehouse that's plugged into their analytics platform and they've got their email marketing automation, ad platform, et cetera, et cetera, all plugged into that. This is like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars from an implementation perspective. So it's not really a scalable model to provide people with that option. And that's really the only option that's out there as let's call it as it is today. So even if I want Shopify, I do not get a single solution that unifies all of the data that allows me to leverage that for market. I need another platform to do that. And the data and the analytics that I have is limited right, to what those tools want to provide. So ironically, that's what we provided at Maripost. I don't want to keep coming back to that, but...
1: It's okay. You can talk about your company and your experience. It's fine.
2: Well, that's a big piece of what we were striving or have been striving towards is how do we create the command center for the Ben and Ross and so on of the world who are running an e-commerce business to remove a lot of that human capital cost from the day-to-day operation of the business or the day-to-day execution on campaigns or the day-to-day aggregation of data and analytics and then allow you to focus those dollars to the things we were talking about yesterday, right? What are all the marketing channels that we want to one, put our dollars towards today and have the highest return from a customer acquisition perspective? And two, how do we want to ensure that our business is set up for the economic trials and tribulations we're going through? And then three, after all of that, have enough money left over to when we're hitting this next stage of real commercial growth, which is not where we are today, as we were talking about earlier in terms of the downturn.
1: It's one of those holy grail conversations for all e-commerce companies that you're conducting marketing activities that are increasingly becoming online activities. You're building your brand through social media, through influence, right? There's all sorts of other podcasts, YouTube, getting in front of your consumers wherever they are, but it's in mostly a digital format. But half the time you're trying to drive them into a physical store. So understanding their location, understanding who they are, understanding the data they collect when they actually conduct a purchase becomes less of a marketing challenge and more of an analytics challenge as well. And that's why companies like Marpost are making it easier for not only marketers, but everybody in e-commerce to understand if their marketing dollars are actually converting into revenue. Ross, any last words on other tips for companies that are trying to unify their e-commerce and retail data or make sense of whether they should be marketing online or offline?
2: Find the right partner but making sure that you're setting the business up to be as lean as possible for these difficulties that we've been talking about and that we're going to be going through for the next little while.
1: You know, it's a changing economy marketing channels are changing, capitalization of business is changing, and even how customers interact. They're self-researching. Sometimes they're converting in e-commerce stores more increasingly. They're going back to retail. You have to be able to be nimble and understand who your customer is and what their current pattern of behavior looks like, because it's not a static thing. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ross Andrew Paquette, the CEO and chairman of Maripost. If you'd like to get in touch with Ross, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Ross Andrew, R-O-S-S-A-N-D-R-E-W, or you can visit his company's website, which is maripost.com, M-A-R-O-P-O-S-T.com.